0: All righty, hello again, everyone. Welcome to it. It's glorious, glorious Friday. It is the 9th of September, 2022. Happy, glorious, beautiful, wonderful Friday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host for the next however long it is. And I, I keep getting messages from people. What's up with iTunes? Do people not listen to the show? some people listen to the show like in, in huge tranches? Like, I don't get it. But yes, iTunes is still screwed up. They're working on it allegedly. I've got a an open case number with them. It's supposed to be their freaking jobs. So we shall see. This is why you shouldn't have, be a complete and total Luddite when it comes to podcasting and do a podcast. But hey, that's what I'm doing. That's the world I live in. That's the cross I have to bear for you. The Week in FN Review will be up, though, without delay. It's already been recorded. It is at patreon.com slash podcast and derrickhunter.locals.com. It will go live tonight at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time, Saturday morning, Pacific Time, 9.01. So, yeah, check that out, please. Patreon.com slash podcast or com. And screw iTunes, my God, how hard is it to just they employ like half of California, just get your crap together anyway, um, just a quick note. I'll talk more about it as more it, it's obviously not developing more, but the Queen of England has died, just died as I record this. and so King Charles III is coming into being with Queen Camilla. I think it's Queen Camilla, uh, although it was Prince Philip, so maybe it'll be Princess Camilla or whatever, don't really know, but uh, she seemed like a world-class lady, actually, we'll go into, I did go into a lot of this, and all these effing haters, and just the evil left on the weekend effing review, so, uh, I would play what I said there, here, but that is not family friendly, <laughs> not even remotely close. So we'll have more on the next show about that, as I'm sure the left will continue to react with the dignity and grace that they are all known for. And by that, I mean the piles of human excrement that they are. All right. There's a lot going on. We'll start start off with the queen, but the killer in Memphis. Now, this is Amazing looking at the, the drudge report. I just want to see how far. Every once in a while, it's good to look. Thank God, I don't need the drudge report anymore. It hasn't been replaced by anything, it's been replaced by everything. Twitter, I think, does the whole thing. But he really, if it's not uh, somebody he's got a crush on, it just doesn't matter and he doesn't report on it. He doesn't, but he doesn't report on it, he doesn't link to anything. And this story is one of those things because it doesn't help Democrats. Matt Drudge is all about whatever helps Matt Drudge. And he thinks that right now, Democrats are what helps Matt Drudge. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the key to him getting a bunch of money. Who knows? Who honestly cares? But uh, thank God for social media so you don't have to go to any narcissist's website to find out what's going on. But in Memphis there was a I love is a teen. Just a teen running around killing. He's just a teen, a guy named Ezekiel Kelly. He's an adult. He's nineteen years old. He is an adult by every unit of measure, legally and morally, but whenever somebody does something incredibly stupid, what do they do? Oh is this the teen? A teen did all of these teen when you see the the looting of stores smash and grab hundreds of people running in oh teens smashed into the store teens went in oh just those dastardly teens you know how teens are well well you were a teenager did you do these sorts of things i'm betting you didn't i'm betting you didn't i'm betting you didn't commit major felonies when you were a teenager i bet you weren't part of a gang of people who communicated via cell phone who decided which stores to rob nope not at all. Just, uh, just your average teens. Well, even the uh, <laughs> Fox News. Headline. Fo- conservative media is not all that conservative, ladies and gentlemen. And media is media. They have a tendency to be media, no matter what they are, no matter who they work for. Their headline, Memphis shooting, colon, teen accused of killing four, injuring three others in rampage, streamed on Facebook. At some point, can't we just say the guy did it? He filmed himself doing it. You can't say, well, uh, it could be any number of people. It was just a grainy security camera footage. And yeah, that looks like me. And sure, that's my car and my license plate. But that could be any number of people. I guess there's some room for potential for doubt. But you're going to have to really come through strong on that. But uh, when you film yourself screaming and yelling and uh, talking about how you're going to do this and how you're doing this, I don't really think that there's a whole lot of doubt of, gee, uh, it could have been any number of people. Uh, I don't think it could have been any number of people. I'm pretty sure it was the guy who filmed himself doing it. You know? Just say it. Uh, the police in Memphis, Tennessee arrested a 19-year-old repeat offender suspected of shooting and killing four people and injuring at least three others on a rampage Wednesday afternoon. The suspect... Yeah, gee, just a suspect. It could be any number of people. Ezekiel Kelly is also accused of two armed carjackings that happened as he attempted to flee from police. Authorities said the rampage was spread across at least eight different crime scenes. Now... Uh, but it, but it, but it, I don't see it mentioned here by Fox News or any. I mean, he's in custody, so I guess it doesn't need to be. And there he is. He's smirking in his mugshot, so he's smiling, and every, there's pictures of him. But there's no mention of the fact that he's a black guy. Just none. And he's dropping bombs. You can find parts, clips of his rampage online where he's just randomly shooting people and he's dropping in bombs all over. It sounds a lot like, you know, you you insert the rap artist's album here. Go ahead. I'm sure it's going to be an insanity defense and I'm certain there's going to be a, oh boy, howdy, it, uh, it's just hard out there for a young black man in such a racist country to go, you know, to live. And so, of course, you're going to go around and shoot people. That's going to be the defense. I wonder if Ben Crump is available. He probably is. And he'll probably, if he thinks he can milk anything out of it, he'll definitely take the case. But the the thing is, if this guy, if there were actual justice in this country, this guy would not have been on the streets. In 2020, he was, he tried to kill somebody. (laughs) He did try to kill somebody. And he had a whole bunch of other arrests and problems, and he should have been in jail. And instead, he wasn't in jail. He was out on the streets. Why? Because progressive prosecutors. Progressive prosecutors make sure why nobody should be in prison, especially young black men. It's just a horrible, horrible thing. They're, they're put upon by society. It's a, a victimhood mentality. And this is what happens when you sell victimhood. This is what happens when you sell victimhood. You get some people who are unstable, evil, whatever, who embrace it and go, yeah, it's not my fault. Newsweek. Ezekiel Kelly, the 19-year-old arrested following a series of shootings around Memphis, Tennessee, was sentenced to three years in prison for aggravated assault in 2021, according to court filing. Three years in prison in 2021, and 2022, in 2020. Hey, wait a second. It's only one year later. How the hell is this guy out? Well, because of liberal prosecutors. We don't need. We do not need. We expressly should not have um, criminal justice reform. This is one of my biggest problems with the Trump administration. Is they they lauded oh criminal justice reform, more people out of prison, and we too many people the prison to school pipe the school to prison pipeline and everything. How about you fix where the pipeline feeds? All right. If you end up in the prison side of the school to prison pipeline, you had to have made a series of bad decisions. If you you're on the school side, you haven't really made any decisions yet. You know, how about you plug that hole so people don't make those bad decisions to end up on the prison side, more so than worrying about emptying out the prison side. That's my On Wednesday four people were killed and three other injured in a series of shootings around Memphis which caused part uh, which caused parts of the city to lock down before the suspect was caught. Police arrested Kelly, who had been charged in first-degree murder on Wednesday following night of attacks. Memphis. Now, what's funny here is, if you remember, what was his name? The little monster down in uh, South Carolina, Dylan Roof. He shot up that black church. He went there, prayed with them, and then he, he shot and killed a bunch of people in the Ezekiel, I think it was, church. and it, It's just... Is an evil monster. He's on death row. He's going to be executed sooner rather than later. And good. The world will be a better place for it. And he should not be continuing to share our oxygen. But he got away. Obviously, he didn't go on a spree going from one place to another filming himself. He shot and murdered people and then fled. They found him hours later, I think it was. Maybe it was the next day, but I think it was hours later. And they pulled him over. He surrendered himself and has been in custody ever since. And what did we hear from the left? It's always these white shooters, these white guys who are taken alive. Black men are never taken. Black men are always taken alive, just like white people are always taken alive if you don't pull a gun on a cop, right? That's That's a good way to to be taken alive is to surrender yourself, this guy surrendered himself. he didn't get into a gunfight with police. he surrendered himself. most cowards tend to turn themselves in when confronted. That's what he did. He was taken alive ah oh, well it's it's different. The story will be memory hold mm, by the end of the weekend by Monday, the story will be forgotten. Why? Because the killer's the wrong race. It's the wrong story. He was taken alive. It just doesn't really matter. I'm sure there'll be some kind of insanity plea, and there will be. Uh, it also makes criminal justice reform look really bad. This guy served one year out of three. Now, time off for good behavior is a concept I think most people understand and would accept. Time off for good behavior, not two thirds. Of your time off for good behavior you can't be that good unless you're an organ donor actively parting yourself out while actively saving people's lives in prison i don't think you should have uh, two-thirds of your sentence chucked out but i'm not a liberal prosecutor Court records show in 2020, Kelly was charged with attempted first-degree murder, reckless endangerment, and in possession of a firearm with intent to commit a felony. Why, who wouldn't want this man out on the streets? My God, society made him do all of those things, right? How much you want to bet uh, uh, what the complexion of his victim or attempted victim was back then? Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 but Black Lives Matter, they tell us. Democrats. He pled guilty to the lesser charge of aggravated assault. Now, how do you like that? Attempted first degree murder. First degree murder is premeditation. First degree murder is not, we had an argument, it escalated, and I stabbed him in the heart. First degree murder is, I don't like this person, we had an argument, I'm going to go get a weapon. I'm going to load that weapon. I am going to go where that person is. I'm going to kill them. And there, there you go. That is, uh, that's first degree murder. You plot it, you plan it, you, you, you think it through. It's a deliberate act, not a crime of passion. And they said, well, pfft, forget that. We'll, uh, we'll knock that down to aggravated assault. Oh, well, there's kind of a difference between trying to shoot someone to kill them and punching somebody in the nose in a bar fight. You see what I'm saying? Just one punch in the nose in a bar fight. There's a big difference between those two things. The uh, chasm, between, but prosecutors go, oh, well, you know what? We wouldn't want to imprison anybody. I mean, unless it was, where were you on January 6th, 2021? You're, you're in you're in Memphis? Okay, that's okay. If you were in Washington, D.C., we would have thrown the book at you. But because you were here, uh, yeah, no, that's fine. You're, you can, the three years... But we'll, uh, we'll let, let two of them slide, provided you don't kill anybody in prison. Can you go a year without killing anybody in prison? Probably. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck to you. <laughs> he pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of aggravated assault and was in prison for three years in June of 2021 at the Shelby County Department of Corrections, but was already out of jail for reasons that are unclear. They're not really unclear. They're inconvenient. There's a difference. Kelly served only 11 months in jail and was released in March of this year. According to police, the first incident linked with Kelly was reported at 1 a.m. on Wednesday when the body of a man who had been shot in the driveway in a driveway was discovered. More shootings were reported after 4 p.m. with the suspect later believed to have switched vehicles from a light blue infinity to a gray Toyota SUV. The police sent out an alert Everybody was on it. And this guy would randomly log into his, his Facebook account. Scream, yell, racial epithets, mostly the N-word. Like I said, like his rap album was about to drop next Tuesday. And shooting at people on the street. He walked into one store and shot, I don't know who he, he killed four people. He shot at a, a white guy that was standing in a store. His crime was standing in a store. That was He shot at a gas station. Well, I don't know if he hit anybody, but he shot at a gas station because that's what he does. That's what evil does. Oh, he snapped. We must find out how this person snapped. And this is the left-wing mindset. We must find out what did, what did we as a society do to produce somebody like this? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to suspect that this person maybe has... Uh, uh being treated for various forms of adhd or something like that because it's just the easiest thing to do in the world to just say Psh, adhd take a pill i'm gonna guess that this person had a lot of run-ins with police as a juvenile but uh the one in 2021 is the only one we know about because that one he was an adult or charged as an adult so they have records of that one. I'm betting that there is a trail of breadcrumbs. Now these are the same people who say we need to have red flag laws. We need to do this, we need to do that, we need to be... everything we can do to prevent these things. They're going to ignore this one because everything we could have done to prevent this is right there in plain as day. Put the guy who was charged with first degree attempted murder in jail. Put him in jail for a long time. Violent criminals need to be put away, plain and simple. Nobody just snaps, or very few people just snap. It takes something really wrong with you to kill somebody. It really does. To get soldiers to kill people in war is difficult. It truly is. They have to train these people. to, Unless they're actively being shot at, they have to train these people to kill. And killing up close is is difficult. And some people, it's not so difficult. Those people who willingly do it, those people who willingly try it, need to be put away for extended periods of time because you will do it again. If as an 18-year-old, you're ready to commit first-degree murder, and as a 19-year-old, you're going to commit first-degree murder if you're allowed out on the streets. So thank a Democrat today, Memphis. Maybe, just maybe stop voting for him. All right, uh, enough about liberals being soft on, although a lot of has liberals soft on. crime. But by the way, there have been a bunch of videos circulating recently of people in Philadelphia because there's a big heated Pennsylvania Senate race, right? Wildly important, those of you up there to the north of me right now, listen and pay attention. That mentality that has made Philadelphia essentially a no-go zone is on the ballot, ladies and gentlemen. It has a Senate candidate. His name is Frankenstein Fetterman, John Fetterman. He is your lieutenant governor. He is... He's everything that uh, the party and the left that you look at, he's, he's got a history of calling for a release of one-third of the prison population. One-third of the prison population. It's that mentality that infects the left. Like, no, the people who did these horrible things, well, it's uh, somebody else's fault. It's society's fault. It's not society's fault. Society made no one sell drugs. Society made no one Kill another human being. It did not. Society doesn't work that way. Here's the thing about society: it doesn't know you exist. It doesn't care that you exist. It just is. It just. Is. That's why on the left goes, "Oh, the system is rigged," and the system is this, and it's not the system. The system doesn't know you exist. You are irrelevant to the system. Do you think, you, you know, you buy a can of corn in the, the store and in that can of corn there are hundreds of kernels of corn and then there's down the aisle there's popcorn. There's all popcorn everywhere. Take any one of those individual kernels of corn. Does it matter? Think about the system it had to go through to get where it is. Did, what determined? Nothing. It's Just luck of the draw of where it ended up in which can and which package and which store. It had nothing to do with the system deciding. The system goes, it's, it's corn. The system for corn is actually more specific than the so-called system of society because the system of society is just there. It just is. There's no mechanism for it. It changes Constantly, you can, as an individual, decide where you end up. There's nothing spitting you out going, boy, I really wanted to end up in Los Angeles, but I ended up in Washington DC. I don't know the system, you know, it had, I fought it. I tried. I really, really tried. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just ended up in Washington DC because that's what the system had in mind for me. No, now Democrats would love, love to do that, and love to decide who gets to go where and what does what and what have you like that. They absolutely are uh, fetishize that kind of control. But in general, the system just exists. It's like getting mad at a drop of water in a river. It's like getting mad at a river. Like this, it's what it does. It just exists. You fell into the river. You got swept down river because you fell into the river because you were messing around on the docks. The river was doing what it did before you were there. It did what it did and what it always has done while you were in it. And after you got out, it continued to do what you, what it does. So you can get all mad at it all you want. Ultimately, your life is a culmination of your decisions not some sort of master plan. Even those in power don't know you exist. They don't know I exist. They don't know any of us exist, the government. They know we exist from the standpoint that we have a social security number and we pay taxes. And if you don't pay your taxes, then suddenly they will be acutely aware of you. But in general, there is no big conspiracy theory. There is no Gene Hackman from Enemy of the State messing with, or not Gene Hackman, uh, who is the guy? John Voigt. There is no John Voigt from Enemy of the State messing with Gene Hackman, messing with Will Smith. Just doesn't happen. Uh, so along the lines of being the uh, master of your own fate, up there in Pennsylvania, you've got a guy running... For Senate, as a Democrat, John Fetterman is your lieutenant governor. I get it. You get elected. Nobody, nobody votes for the ticket because of the vice president. Nobody votes for the ticket because of the lieutenant governor. But this guy is uh, something to behold. He was a crackpot before he had a stroke. Now he's become just, it's a sad commentary that his wife would allow him to go through this. That anybody in the party would go, well, John, keep going. You're doing fine. You can't string together a coherent sentence. You don't know where you are. You make, you're make. you embarrassing yourself when you talk. You leave not only words out, but sentences out sometimes. Sometimes paragraphs out of what you say. He should be in rehab. He should be in nonstop rehab so he can regain his faculties such as they were. And then he can come back and run for the Senate at some other point in the future or do something. But instead, they're plowing ahead because power is most important to the left. Well, he's been ducking debates with Dr. Oz, claiming Dr. Oz was mean to me about my stroke, which is stupid. You're running to represent the people of Pennsylvania. You're not running to validate your political opponent's staff's comments about your health situation. Well, Politico reports, John Fetterman said he is committing to attending one debate with his Republican opponent, Mehmet Oz, in the closely watched battle for the Senate in Pennsylvania. But his campaign is still discussing accommodations for his auditory processing problems. See, Apparently, after you have a stroke, you have difficulty hearing people in crowds, which makes it difficult. It doesn't have to be a big crowd. makes it difficult for you to be in the United States Senate, the world's most deliberative body, as they say, where discussions in rooms full of people are pretty much the job description, right? If you can't do the job, Maybe you shouldn't run for the job. Maybe you should take some time to focus on rehabilitation to get better so that maybe one day, hopefully soon, but one day, not now, you'd be able to do the job. But it's power uber alles. Look, John Fetterman doesn't have to make decisions as handlers. Joe Biden has proven that you don't actually have to be there mentally or even physically to do the job. The guy's in in his beach mansion every weekend for extended weekends and for weeks at a time. Otherwise, he's not there doing the job. The announcement comes back to Politico, comes as Oz has ramped up pressure on Fetterman, who suffered a stroke in May, to agree to a series of debates beginning in early September. Quote, We're absolutely going to debate Dr. Oz, and that was really always our intent to do that, Fetterman told Politico in an exclusive interview. It was just simply over, it was simply only ever about addressing some of the lingering issues of the stroke, the auditory processing, that we're going to be able to work that out. How much you want to bet these, they don't release the audio of the interview because... That's probably not exactly as what he said, the sentiment of what he said, but that's probably not the way he said it. He also said his campaign is looking at the possibility of using a closed captioning monitor for the event so that he does not miss any of the words as he continues to recover from his stroke. How about you don't have a crowd there? Then you should, if you can hear, if you can't hear, if you can't communicate with people, how can you represent them? And how can you communicate with other senators? How can you get any other senator on board with your plan if you cannot hear their concerns with your bill? Essentially, you can't do the job. You just can't. Quote, we're just exploring that, he said of the closed captioning. I have every ability to talk all of these issues and have a full debate. And that's really just the one lingering issue of The Stroke that some of my hearing was damaged a little bit, but it's continuing to get better and better and better every day. (laughs) Now, what has he agreed to exactly? His campaign says they are looking at one debate. One debate. Not three, because screw people in Pennsylvania. One debate at the end, maybe the middle, but closer to the end of October. Well, early voting will have begun by then. Actually, the vast majority of early voting in Pennsylvania will be done by then, not begun, but done. And if you postpone it that long, then you can say what? You can you don't have to show up. People will say, "Well, I'm waiting or there's going to be a debate, there's going to be a debate, there's going to be." And then somebody comes down with COVID. Somebody says, "Oh, you know what? Uh, Doctor Oswald's mean to me again. I don't want to do it. Eh, Fire, bad." And they don't engage with this. They don't do it. But you get the last two months of the campaign with the goodwill and the lie that, "Hey, they're going to debate. There's going to be a." It's not that John Fetterman is avoiding. (laughs) a debate. It's just that they're waiting, they're debating at the end of October. He's not afraid of Dr. Oz. He's not incapable of performing the duties of the job. It is the matter of timing. That's all. And then when it gets canceled, what? Most of the votes will have, the absent or the early voting will have been done already. The lie will have worked. And you can come up with some kind of excuse in the next two months to say, you know what Dr. Oz doesn't deserve to have a date with, debate with me. He is uh he said something else that I didn't like and if that's how he's going to be, well I am certainly not going to debate him or it could just be as simple as hey the polls still have me ahead. If people see me on camera for an hour, hour and a half, they're going to they're going to not vote for me at all. So we could not accommodate my uh my my hearing issues, therefore we can't have a debate. There's a simple way to have that debate. No audience whatsoever. You, Oz and two to three uh moderators right there asking questions. Have a discussion. But he won't do it he can't do it because he was never that bright to begin with. He was a lot like Frankenstein's monster and hey, what are you gonna do? Uh since we're talking about the Senate race. This one from the Washington Free Beacon is um not surprising in the least. Democrats are corrupt. There's one thing, there's a book out there, geez, it has to be ten years, twelve years by now, by Peter Schweitzer called Do As I Say, Not As I Do, Profiles in Liberal Hypocrisy. And it's all about how, like Michael Moore, Mr. Pro Union, he's a fat guy who wears a baseball hat in a hoodie. He's just like everybody else. But he's worth tens of millions of dollars, lives in a gate, you know, security around him, can't get anywhere near, you want to go to his house, it's a gated community, your scum, stay away. And by the way, his uh, pro-union, 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 and then his show TV Nation engaged in union busting. They would not uh, hire people. They'd fire people because um, they wanted to unionize. Just one of those kind of things, you know. Um. <clears throat> and the well the kennedys big proponents of the death tax yet their family fortune is in tax free trusts and offshore uh, offshore uh, shelters they don't pay anything in the inheritance tax the kennedy clan doesn't because that's for the little people Actually, it's really just to screw the farmers. They're the ones who, the rich people who have billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars, they have the accounting firms who know how to set it up. So there's the Obamas. Why did they, they give their, their daughters millions of dollars? Because they could. Oh, here's a it's a gift. Here's a gift. Because they would avoid the, uh, the death tax should they die. And then they've set up their money in trusts so that the family won't pay anything in death taxes. While wow, they were big proponents of it, while in the White House it's the hypocrisy and the Peter Schweitzer book points out that liberals being hypocrites actually benefits them personally if you're a if you're a conservative and you're a hypocrite and like hey uh, family values and you're out having an affair with uh, your masseuse or whatever that's not good and it ruins you as a person if you're a uh, a liberal going, oh, money is evil and capitalism sucks, and there you are investing millions of dollars and turning it into billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. You benefit from it. And what do you say when you're caught? caught, Well, what are you going to do? Hey, this is the system we have. Al Gore, your climate footprint is killing the planet. Now I've got to go get my private jet and get the hell out of here, get to my mansion and release my second chakra. Get that Masseuse fired up. And you go, wait a second, that's that's hypocritical. Well, Al Gore is living the dream. There's no punishment, there's no pushback from the left wing establishment, from the Democrat activist base saying, Hey, wait a second, Al Gore is a climate hypocrite. Maybe we should stop giving him our money. Maybe we should maybe we should look into it. There's nobody going Barack Obama doesn't really like capitalism all that much. And he whines about climate change, but he just spent $12 million on an oceanfront mansion, one of many oceanfront mansions. Maybe he's not telling us the truth about uh, what he thinks is going to be uh, the future of sea level rise or something like that. They always benefit from their hypocrisy. And another example of this is Raphael Warnock running for Senate down in Georgia, Washington Free Beacon. He's a reverend, by the way, man of God. I always have a problem with people who are uh, preachers, reverends, what have you, who make a fortune, an absolute fortune. Getting rich off of God never sat right with me. Just, it's, maybe it's the Catholic in me that I like my, my priests poor, that vow of poverty. They don't they necessarily need the vow of poverty. But the Joel Osteens of the world, I don't know, you you shouldn't have a an Aquanet budget that is the GDP of a small third world country. You shouldn't have private jets and mega mansions and things. Nobody wants you to live hand to mouth, but for the love of God, how about you? Uh, you just have some sense of decency and and modesty or something. But no, no, no. He's sitting there going, no, give us the money and call up and pledge. And Everybody's Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, as far as I'm concerned, on, on TV or what was his name? Oral Roberts. In oh, like 1988, oh, the Lord is going to call me home if I don't raise a million dollars. Really? God's God's like, God operates like the mafia does? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a biblical scholar. But I don't think that's the way it works. I think if God were going to talk to Oral Roberts, he probably would have talked about, you know, a couple of other things. But hey, what are you going to do? Anyway, Washington Free Beacon. Senator Raphael Warnock, Democrat Georgia, has an unusual financial arrangement with an outside employer that allowed him to avoid income taxes on $89,000 in outside salary last year, according to tax experts. Did you avoid paying income taxes on $89,000? I bet you didn't. Warnock, who works as the senior pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, said the church paid him $89,000 last year as a parsonage allowance. As opposed to a regular outside income, which is subject to strict limitations for senators under federal law. Lawmakers are not allowed to receive more than $29,895 in outside income. It's good to be a Democrat. You just find a way around these things. All while bitching and complaining about the rich aren't paying their fair share. The news raises questions about whether Warnock is taking a tax break that's unavailable to the vast majority of Americans. Republicans say Warnock wants to raise taxes, pointing to his vote for a spending package in August that some analysts claim would increase taxes on low- and middle-income earners. The senator also faced criticism for his outside financial arrangements from his opponent, Republican Herschel Walker. Go on, so you expect that. He got a book deal for two hundred and forty thousand dollars since taking off. And this is great. He's gotten hundred Raphael Warnock has taken in hundred and twenty thousand dollars from Ebenezer Baptist Church since taking office. He's only been in office for just over uh, just over well, under two years.
1: It's good to be a Democrat, man.
0: That money just comes rolling in. And he got a two hundred and forty thousand dollar book deal. Do you have any idea how many books he's going to have? Is there anybody out there clamoring to read the Raphael Warnock story? No. I mean, maybe his ex-wife, just to see how he portrays their relationship, which she describes as abusive. uh, I don't think he'll be uh, seeing it in the same light there. Maybe he'll say she was abusive. But of course, naturally, the Warnock campaign refused to comment on the story because why would he? He's a Democrat. Who's going to pressure him? Let's see. But Warnock's parsonage allowance adds up to 75% of his income from the Ebenezer Baptist Church, which breaks down to $7,400 per month in housing expenses. The senator owns a home in Atlanta that was recently appraised at around $1 million, according to property records. In addition to mortgage payments, the parsonage allowance can be used to cover any household-related costs, including security, landscaping, and home furnishings man it's good to be a democrat it's absolutely good to be a democrat don't worry he's perfectly on the up and up yeah yeah is there a democrat out there at this point that isn't corrupt piece of crap i ask you uh, in a serious way because i don't think there is looking at this god the people the fact that these people have managed to wrap themselves in the mantle of science, uh, just strips the concept of science of all meaning, all meaning whatsoever. Scientific American, they ran you Now it's an opinion piece, but it doesn't really matter. They, they ran it. It's in Scientific American. It says uh, somebody called uh, Juliet <laughs> Juliet Unwin. Unwin. UN, or yeah, UNWIN. Unwin. Uh, the title of it is The Number, it's behind a paywall, so I you know trying to find it. The Number of Children Orphaned by COVID Keeps Rising. This is Scientific American. The subheadline is HIV Taught Us to Care for Children Who Have Lost a Parent, but More Countries Need to Step Up. HIV did? and the most of the deaths from HIV were in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I guess was, some people had children but whatever. So, now this is a way forget that. Just the the opening sentence of this from Juliet Unwin. In a letter published by JAMA Pediatrics the journal of the American Medical Association of Pediatrics I and a group of my colleagues estimate that from January 2020 to May 2022, 10.5 million U.S. children lost primary or secondary caregivers to COVID-associated deaths. And that's a hell of a, hell of a wide berth. The other day, it was a Patty Murray, Senator from Washington State, was talking about COVID being so serious and we lost uh, millions upon millions of Americans from COVID, then the official COVID, de- even the inflated COVID death numbers are 1 million Americans. Nothing to sniff at, but it's just over 1 million, the vast majority of which, by the way, are from uh, the Biden administration. It's weird. Remember all the questions? Do you think that somebody should be president of the United States if they've overseen more COVID deaths than uh, died in the Vietnam War, Mr. President? Uh what? what? No, that was asked of Donald Trump. Not, uh, hey, you promised you ran on ending COVID, controlling the virus, and yet more deaths have occurred on your watch with treatments than on Donald Trump's watch without treatments. Should you be president of the United States right now? That'll never be asked. Not because Jim Acosta is no longer on uh, the scene, but because they don't care. Joe Biden is their guy. Anyway, for 10.5 million children who have lost a primary or secondary caregiver, a parent, that would mean that the millions of people, the million people who died, I guess technically, I mean, if you're 90 years old and you died of COVID and your children are in their 60s and 70s, no, because they say Caregiver. The odds of you taking care of your kid at that age are pretty slim. So since the vast majority of deaths were people 85 years and older, 80 years and older, uh, this is nowhere near true, but it's running in Scientific American. It can't possibly be true, but it's running in Scientific American because it sounds good. It scares the hell out of people. Almost half the children in the country had basically had to have lost a parent for this to have worked. Which brings, let's go to, uh, we'll talk about this morning's morning, Joe. Because they are still trying to scare the hell out of you about COVID-19. Not that, I, I'll i repeat it again. You Don't take your medical advice from me. But don't also go, this isn't medical advice. This is sound common sense. Don't go running around licking doorknobs. Don't go participating in... Uh, kissing contests or what have you don't be stupid anything you can do to get the cold or the flu you would do to get COVID-19 too and you probably don't want to get COVID-19 just like you don't want to get a cold or a flu I've had COVID-19 I don't want it again you know it, it wasn't the worst thing knock on wood I got off kind of easy on it but I don't want it again Because you never know, this thing is so screwed up and new to human beings. You never know how your body's going to react to it. That being said, there are certain things we know about COVID-19, like masks don't work. It is airborne unless you've got a tight-fitting N95 mask that actually fit, and you don't have any facial hair, and you shave that day because it really it has to be that that good for it to have an impact. A, a a certain impact. You Your mask is nothing. You see these people with these loose... It's weird. Where did I go? When I went to the hospital with the girls, when they had COVID and they were running really high fevers, I had in the car, I had, or I'd sent my dad some N95 masks. I was taking care of making sure that my dad had everything. Back when we didn't know, I'd sent him wipes. I'd sent him hand sanitizer. I sent him Everything. And so I grabbed one of his N95 masks, and it's one of those ones. That's, I get it. It's it's If it worked, it wouldn't work for you if you weren't masked. It would work for me. It would, if you were sick, it would prevent me from getting sick. It's the one with the vent that's supposed to be cooler. The vent, you can breathe out in the yellow vent thing. And the hospital's like, well, we don't really allow those ones. Here, take this. And they hand me something I could easily sneeze through. I swear to God. It just drapes over the ears it's loose fitting it's not in any way shape or form tight people's ears are a different distance you know from from their mouth heads are configured differently the whole head you can kind of deal with elastic pants but they gave me this little thing i'm like okay this is gonna do no good whatever anyway the morning joe crew if you're sitting there and think about it when was the last time you wore a mask it's probably been a while unless you went some private businesses, want masks, and you want to go to that private business, they get to dictate the terms on their own private property. I have no problem with that. But Mara Gay and Joe Scarborough. Mara Gay is on the editorial board of the New York Times, if you want to know how screwed up the New York Times is. And Joe Scarborough is married to Mika Brzezinski, if you want to know how screwed up Joe Scarborough is. Somehow this came up today. I don't know why. Who is sitting around talking about Masking for COVID 19 uh, today. I don't, well, liberals are because it's virtue signaling. And what's weird is Mara Gay will eventually get to the point of saying that it's virtue signaling, but you should do it anyway to show solidarity with black and Hispanic people because the left only sees color. They only care about color. And they're disproportionate. I love this, disproportionately people died. of Well, maybe, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe obesity is more, maybe whatever. It doesn't have anything to do with something nefarious. Or it could just be that you don't really care about stopping and saving people's lives in general. You just care about people based on their skin color, which is likely more true than not. That's how you get hired at the New York Times. Anyway, listen to Joe Scarborough and Margate in the first clip here talking about wear masks because it makes people feel good. Curious your thoughts about, um, will people like me that are saying, well, I don't want to wear masks on planes. I'm tired of wearing masks, uh, which I, I am. I, I do get a <laughs> lecture from me, put on a mask. Yes, and after the summer, I just may put on a mask on planes. But, but we have let our guards that our guard down. And a lot of people, again, have gotten sick and we're still, yeah. what, a thousand people uh, some
1: yeah. days are dying every day from COVID. Yeah, you know, I think it's an important moment to recognize everybody is, is weary, but the impact has not been equal um, across the American population or the world.
0: Yeah, it's just not been equal. Huh? Yeah, no, we just, uh, I, I'll put a mask. You can hear Mika back in there. You're damn right. I give you a hard time. And you sit there and you go, "You people deserve each other. You people absolutely deserve each other. You do." But that isn't the virtue signaling part. That was well, the start of the virtue signaling part. The poor sob over there. <laughs> poor, poor. But you know, the third, the fourth marriage will be the charm over there for you, Joe. Don't worry, but fourth times the charm. Don't you understand? But this is where Mara Gay, editorial board member of the New York Times, then brings in, oh, it's about race and not enough. Essentially, when they say that it's disproportionately impacted this community or that community, they're saying not enough white people have died. That's what they mean. In, in their minds, of course, they, make, they get to make the decision of what constitutes enough white people dying. And they say not enough uh, white people have died. They don't come right out and say that because that wouldn't be very politically correct. So they they come around and say it's disproportionately impacting blah 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 yakety, schmackety. And so I
1: just want to say, you know, a virus does not a pandemic make. What makes this a pandemic is the fact that a thousand Americans are still dying uh, from this virus. It is not the flu. And also uh, many, many more, unfortunately, are uh, coming down with symptoms of long COVID, which has become endemic and anybody um, is susceptible to. Um, It's a much larger problem um, that we're really not uh, addressing with any kind of urgency. So as long as that's the case as long as we actually don't have the treatment and the medication to truly make this something that is closer to a cold and we're not there yet which is what we're not really kind of acknowledging. This is still a serious situation. So I actually understand why um, it can be freeing to not wear a mask on a plane or a a train um, on the subway. That's fine. But I think we just need to acknowledge that uh, there are still people in communities for whom this is a everyday fact of life that they have to think about. And masking remains an act of solidarity and respect for vulnerable people. That includes people with disabilities, with chronic conditions like asthma, as well as for hard hit communities like native and black communities, especially Hispanic communities that have been hit especially hard by this virus. So we need more urgency around treatment for long COVID. We need more urgency around respect for vulnerable communities. And it just doesn't cost me that much to put on a mask for someone else. Absolutely. Well, Senior I'm, writer? I, I, okay.
0: I, I, absolutely. Oh, God. Can you imagine waking up next to Mika every day? God. Whatever sins Joe Scarborough's committed, is more than paid penance for. But she's... Uh, Maragasy, a sign of respect. You can do this out of respect. and solidarity. In solidarity. Just in solidarity. Look, if masks work... And you are a particularly vulnerable person with a depressed immune system. For God's sakes, put a mask on. Put two masks on. Don't stop. Pile as many masks on as you possibly can, and whatever makes you feel comfortable, go ahead and do it. I still see people occasionally with those stupid face shields. And, like, you you don't understand how air works. But Whatever. If that's what you want, I don't judge. Well, I do judge them. I laugh, but I don't stand up and scream at them or anything. If that's how you want to live your life, live your life that way. Nobody else should be forced to live their life that way. But that's what MSNBC is. It's a nonstop, 24-hour virtue signal going, you really should be putting a mask on that. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. It costs you nothing to put a mask on. Well... It costs you nothing to shut the hell up and deal with reality, okay? If masks work, the people with depressed immune systems wearing them will be safe and taken care of, right? Why don't they need to be in solidarity? My mother spent uh, most of her life on crutches. She had her leg amputated when I was 10. Did Should everybody have walked around with crutches or with a limp? in solidarity with my mom and people like my mom. No, my mother would have never done that. My mother didn't let it stop or hold her back. I'd come home and find her standing on a chair, wiping the ceiling. I, My first thought was, what are you doing up on that chair? And then I'd go, what the hell did you get on the ceiling? But whatever it was, that's what she did, a cobweb, whatever it was, she didn't let it hold her back. Yet these leftists are going. You know, everybody's got to sort of be a victim. Everybody's got to be helped. We need special consideration. And how many times did you hear the word "especially"? There, the left loves the word "especially." Oh, it's horrible. Everybody's being hurt, especially people who are like this, which is just a wink and a nut. You know how comedians on TV or whatever bands would come in and say, "Woohoo! All right, Baltimore. Hey, it's great to be in Baltimore." That and the fans go, "Oh yeah." And uh, they go, well, I was out in uh, Owings Mills. And the people from Owings Mills go, ah, that's kind of what it is. It's just giving a little shout out. Hey, uh, minority groups that are really just uh, you know oppressed by Democrats under complete Democrat control uh, for generations, you give me a little shout out. Look, everybody's got it bad, especially you guys over there in Section C. Look at you. Yeah. Woo hoo hoo. Yeah, that's right. We care about you. We haven't done anything to show it, and your lives have gotten appreciably worse over the years, but we acknowledge your existence, and you're still a victim. Don't ever forget. Who loves you, baby? You're a victim. It's that level of patronizing. Oh, this group has been hit particularly hard. Natives and uh, black and Hispanic people. Did I cover all of them? Well, Asians have been hit pretty hard here. No, it's different. Don't worry about Asians. To hell with the Asians. (laughs) You just sit there and you... You you can't laugh at it because it's so sad, but you have to kind of just shake your head at it because it's so pathetic. It's who these people are. It's how these people work. It's how these leftists work. Microsoft fellowships, for example. Prestigious Microsoft fellowships. They have now begun to cap the number of, according to the Washington Free Beacon, cap the number of white and Asian people that universities can nominate to win these Microsoft fellowships. White men, white people in general, men and Asians. What the hell did Asians ever do? You get almost $100,000 for a PhD fellowship from Google, but you can't be white or Asian men to get them. These are the devil. People are hit particularly hard. White people, you had it too good. Okay. Did you live it up in the, the 15th century? I hope you did, white and Asian people, because, uh, because of that and because of then, you'll get nothing. Huh. Sounds an awful lot like discrimination, a lot like racism to me. What the hell do I know? I just know the English language. Evil, evil people. Now let's turn our attention to monkeypox. The White House has a monkeypox coordinator. Did you know that the White House has a monkeypox coordinator? It's true. It's true. One hundred and fifty people die every day of fentanyl in the country, but there's no fentanyl coordinator. There's no even discussion. I think Joe Biden, for the first time, mentioned fentanyl just the other day. Couldn't care less about it. Not interested in fentanyl because fentanyl affects everybody, and it's not particular—not a particular group of people. Well, it does seem to impact rural white people pretty badly, and Democrats don't give a damn about that. Unless they can get like 80% Democrat support or more from a particular group that are afflicted with something, Democrats aren't going to give a damn. They just aren't going to give a damn. But the monkeypox coordinator, well, there have been 19,000 total cases in the United States, don't you know? No fatalities, but 19,000 total cases. Everybody's recovered. Everybody's, well, some people are in the midst of it, but they recover. They're fine. That gets a monkeypox coordinator. His name is Dimitri Daskalaskis. Now try and spell that three times fast. I recommend not searching. Dmitry Daskalaskis Desmila- on uh, the internet because he is there's a there's a whole bunch of various states of undress photographs of him at various pride events or for various pride events. I don't know what his background is. I'm sure he's got some kind of education that's somewhat relevant to this, but he also. I don't know. He seems like he have had, in the past, at least, has attended a lot of events where monkeypox might have been spread. He went to the podium at the White House yesterday and uh, just laid out the case for making sure you wouldn't. This is the important thing. Is, oh, people are getting people are getting monkeypox. Nineteen thousand Americans have gotten monkeypox, ninety nine percent of which are uh, gay men, and then. A disturbing number of small children, but no one seems to now. the most uh, the easiest way to spread monkeypox is through sexual relations, uh, with a gay man, gay, gay sexual relations. And you're sitting there and you're going, Okay, 99, 98 uh, percent are gay, and then there's some kids, huh? May, I, I haven't, I'm sure it exists. But I have yet to see a single story about a straight woman getting monkeypox. I'm sure it exists out there. I just haven't seen the story about it. So for my money, if somebody, if a child comes down with monkeypox, there should also be a coordinated looking into it. By the police, it's kind of funny. They go, the left goes. We must look into everything related to Donald Trump to find out whether or not he broke any laws. There are No allegations of law breaking that they've been able to prove. And somebody, nobody's coming along and saying Donald Trump uh, stole this money. And okay, well let's look into it. Let's try and verify it. There's none of that. It's just let's look around. Let's poke around in his life and see if we can find anything to charge him with. But a two-year-old comes down with monkeypox. And nobody goes, yeah, that's a little bit curious. I mean, yeah, you could get it other ways. You could get it other ways. But there's one way where most people are getting it. Maybe we should look into this. Not at all, because the left doesn't care about children. Children are going to vote. And there's a decent chance that a child will grow up and vote Republican at some point in their life. To hell with that. So the monkeypox coordinator doesn't seem all that interested in the children, miraculously coming down with this. Disease either. He's instead making sure that you do not stigmatize gay men because that would be wrong. Not you know telling people the truth about monkeypox is hey you know take take a month off from orgies, and you you'll probably be all right. You'll survive somehow. Nope. Listen to your monkey. And by the way, in the middle of it, he's got a. Uh, He's got one of the great all-time left-wing word salads ever tossed. Sure. The
1: confusion exists, the misperceptions.
0: Yeah. So I think you know this. This virus
1: transmits through very close skin-to-skin physical contact, often in the setting of sexual exposure. But um, there are other mechanisms for its transmission, including. If you touch objects that individuals who've had monkeypox touch or if, um, if you have prolonged exposure to respiratory droplets. With that said, signaling to people um, who are in the gay, bisexual, other men who have sex with men communities and also transgender people who have sex with men that it's really important to have awareness that it's circulating in the community is really a critical part of the messaging while not generating, um, you know, inordinate concern and really focusing on the infection as linked to an identity. So it's just an infection. It's not linked to an identity. It just happens to be in the social
0: network. Thank, Thank you, sir. I, I do want to dig deeper. <laughs> it's linked to an identity. It's just, we want to make sure that it's not linked to an identity. We wouldn't want to stigmatize the 99, 98% of the people who are getting it. It's not stigmatizing. It's making them aware. If you were gay, if I were gay, I'd be saying, hey, watch out. There's a, there's a disease going around, a virus going around. It's not fatal, but it'll cause your body to break out in pustules. And it really, really particularly hits you as a gay man. If I'm a gay man, I'd go, well, wait a second. So how do I get this thing? I don't want it. I don't want it. What do I have to do? And then the answer is don't attend orgies. And don't sleep with people you you don't know. Just Maybe maybe get to know some. Is knowing somebody's name somehow oppression? If you're having sex with, is it somehow like, uh I feel so oppressed. I had to learn the name of the guy I was having sex with today. It was just terrible. Just terrible. I had to wait a week before having sex. We had to make sure that nobody broke out with any sort of uh, open sores all over their bodies. Painful, itchy, open sores. Horrible oppression. This country is so homophobic. No. It would be the virus. And if you want to go and catch it, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't care. I love it. You can get it from surfaces. How do you get it from a surface? Wouldn't there, if you could get it from a surface and then it was just sexual contact, just sexual contact of any sort, would not a woman have caught it by now? Would there not be, not just some, not just the rare thing that probably involves a bisexual man, but would there not be rampant transmission amongst heterosexuals? At some point, wouldn't that be if it were just, oh, man, we both used the same doorknob, we were on the same elevator, what have, wouldn't it? It's not. Now, it's possible. Sure, anything is possible. You could walk out of your house and get hit by a meteorite and killed. You probably shouldn't wear a helmet all the time based on that prospect. Plus, it's not going to help you. But if you're going to educate people about what uh, could kill them, and you go, well, we could warn people about meteorite strikes, or fentanyl. We should treat them both equally because you never know what's coming. Now, I think fentanyl is probably the bigger thing. If you're going to warn people about monkeypox and you go, well, some people can get it off of a surface, but 98% of the people get it from gay sex. All right, maybe, maybe you should focus your ad dollars trying to prevent people from catching it or at least educating people. And if they want to go ahead and act stupidly, that's on them. Shouldn't you focus it towards the 98%? And then you launch a criminal investigation into every child who comes down with it. Because if the kid is, you know, look, if the kid's rolling around licking the countertops and that's how the kid got it, that's one thing. But it's probably not rolling around licking the countertops. Could be, like I say, it could be, but it's probably not. I'm just asking questions, but don't dare ask Dimitri Daskalaskis. Our monkeypox coordinator, he doesn't want to stigmatize anybody, which means he, I don't know, I wonder what his weekend plans are. Anyway, whatever your weekend plans are, I hope you get off on going and doing them. I hope you enjoy yourself. Have a wonderful, glorious weekend. I plan on it, so hopefully that plan comes together. All the old joke, you want to make God laugh, make a plan. Uh, the curse program will be up at midnight tonight at twelve oh one, actually, to be exact, which is nine oh one Eastern Time at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derekhunter.locals.com. Uh sorry about the iTunes thing. I don't know what the hell's wrong with them. Apparently they're overpaid and they're all because they released the new iPhone this week or announced the new iPhone this week, everybody's having an orgy. They're spreading monkeypox out there in Cupertino. Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll be back one way or another to do this all over again starting Monday. Thanks.